Welcome. The Leadership Lesson Podcast inspires leadership growth in everyone. We have enthralling conversations with top leaders in order to provide you with life-changing lessons. My name is Caleb Nichols. I'm a speaker, a pastor, and a family man. My hope is to inspire spiritual depth and leadership growth in you. I love to sit down with leaders from a variety of fields, hear their personal stories and leadership experiences. This creates the podcast. Enjoy. Well, I've got Dalwyn Wilsh with me uh, today. This is going to be really fun, Dal. We're going to talk about intimacy in marriage or in relationships and about a bit about sex, a bit about communication, a little bit about that that marriage kind of stuff. So tell us a bit about you, Dal. You've been married for a while. I have, yeah. I've been married to my husband, Chris, for it's actually 30 years um, wow. next month, um, wow. which is, yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, so that's um, been quite a journey. It's been mm. good. Uh, mm. We were farmers for 21 years. And, wow, that's um, amazing. have four children, four and adult children. live in the big, big city. We do. <laughs> the big city of Frankston. It's very different. It's very different, yes. Yeah, it's been a nice change, though. It's right. been good. And yeah. you've got four kids, and they're the same um, gender order as, as my kids. Yeah. I've just had my fourth. Yes. And they're the same. So you, you're going to be able to help me a lot, and especially your son, Denzel, yes. is going to be able to help my one son among three That's daughters. That's right, yeah. Uh, Jedediah, they need so. to get together, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, Dens could give him some pep talks, I'm sure. <laughs> Three sisters <laughs> all around you, full oh on. Oh my so. gosh, yeah, a lot of fun. It's great. And Del does um, a bunch of stuff with um, us here at the church, which is great. Mm. And um, a bit of life coaching, working with married couples. What's that like working with married couples, counselling? How do you find that? Yeah, it's been, um, it's, it's definitely a challenging role. Um, so I've been coaching for probably, I guess, five or six years. And um, I think generally I've always had a bit of an interest in the area mm. and um, started to work with relationships and marriages. Mm. Um, of course, the more you go into that, the more you realise you don't know. And, it's um, like anything in life, isn't it? It, totally, <laughs> it really is. And, um, and that's been just a beautiful journey though. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. It's been incredibly challenging, um, quite painful sometimes, mm. being quite involved intimately in um, some couples mm. at some really painful you know, times in their life. Mm, mm. Um, but also very um, kind of honoured place really yeah, yeah, to yeah. be in that, that place. So yeah, yeah you'd know and that. I do, yeah, I do a lot of that as well mm. with counselling and couples and, and also a lot of work with um, pre-married or pre-living together couples as you've mm. done a bit. We've helped some couples together a bit and that's really interesting too, especially when they're young adults or maybe it's even their first serious relationship and they're walking that path of um, how the intimacy usually starts with friendship and conversations yes. and it builds into love and romance. And yes. It's, it's, you know, what, what would you say is, is the greatest challenge as you sit with couples and hear about their struggles and try and help them a bit? Like what, is there things that tend to pop up regularly? Mm. Um, yeah, I think they end up becoming in a place of pain and, you know, a past pain enters their relationship. Mm -hmm. um, they haven't been able to resolve issues, so mm -hmm. um, the blame game starts to come in and so yep. it becomes a lot of defensiveness really yeah, yeah. which you know flows into criticism why is that why are we so defensive like we go like a young man goes out he's got all this effort to sweep a woman off her feet and 
you know, they, they fall in love and then yeah. they end up a few years later blaming each other and criticising and like, like what happens there, Dal? Yeah, it's, um, you do wonder what happened actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I think sometimes people are, they simplify it too quickly into like mm. we fell out of love. Mm, absolutely. It's like really? So you were yes. in love and then you just fell out and it's, it's not that, is it? It, it isn't that. Um, although, you know, at the early stages of a relationship, it's that very um, illuminated sort of time and it's so basically everything that the other person does is wonderful. Mm. We never can see their faults. That's we true. can't, we don't, we don't see any of that because we, we want this relationship to work. We mm. want to make it um, the one because it's, um, you know, we're, we're putting a lot of hope in it. So, That's true. yeah, so, so. So you're saying that the effort stops? Yeah, I think or the that mystery disappears. Exactly. The mystery, the, the familiarity starts to set in. Mm. We start to get a bit tired of the habits that come in. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really big issue is the familiarity mm. is the thing that really, um, you know, we get lazy. We, yeah. we sort of get discontent, <laughs> you mm. know, we get, we get tired of, you know, the things that they do when we whinge, but then we don't ask if they yep. change even, you yep. know, we just yep. whinge that they don't, yep. um, you know, so communication becomes poorer, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. you know, um, that like the defensive language, the blaming mm -hmm. starts to come in, um, the withdrawing and withholding of love mm -hmm. is a really big part of it too, mm -hmm. which, you know, that's real trouble then mm -hmm. when, um, you know, that withholding and, and, you know, this is where the sexuality comes in, the mm. sex, the, the withholding of intimacy starts mm. to pull apart because, mm. you know, parts of us want to punish in some way mm. or, mm. yeah, so. So yeah. would you say then that the sexual side of a marriage or relationship is somewhat of a barometer it, for how the relationship's going? Yeah, I would definitely say that. Okay. Absolutely. So how does that work? Talk us through that a bit. <laughs> What have you seen? Well, I think, um, you know, it, it's such a fallacy to think that we go, well, we don't have sex, but our marriage is fine. Okay, yeah. And, and that's, well, show me, how <laughs> is that fine? Yeah. You know, what's really going under the surface for the mm. guy? Mm. Um, you know, women um, can be happily go without sex. You mm. know, they, mm. they, they move along through life, got the children mm. and can happily sit in that place. Mm. Men are more other ways, on, on the other hand, sorry, can't mm, as mm. much. And um, I testify to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. And, and so to live in this space where we think, well, marriage isn't important, but we have a great relationship. Sorry, sex isn't yeah. important, but we have a great marriage. Uh, I doubt that, that mm. that's really So, so why is sex important then outside of procreation? Yeah. <laughs> this is the obvious, like, have sex to have children, and that's yeah. often a big part of a relationship yeah uh, but that's that's also very you know you only have to have sex successfully exactly. once to it's get a child true. <laughs> true. but so why is it important beyond that like I think sometimes mm. we understand it um, more from the the maybe the erotic kind mm. of like fun adventure mm. you know experience side of things mm. but like you know, a, a marriage isn't often like that, mm. you know, because you're talking decades. Exactly. You're talking, you know, so, so, so why is it important in just a normal rhythm of a marriage? Sex is that deep place of connection. Mm. It's really connecting together. It's very spiritual. It's, mm. um, you know, um, 
I heard the, Jew, the Jews talk about as the Shekinah, it's the place mm. where God mm. dwells mm. even. Mm. You know, that's how important it is in, yeah. the, in the Jewish culture. And why isn't it as important in our culture that mm. it's a dwelling place. It's mm. a deep place of connection and um, of actually being able to um, uh, cast everything aside and say, you're mm. important to me. Mm. You know, this is who I want to spend my life with and we're mm. going to connect together in this way. Mm. And um, to be able to let go of your own um, issues and problems and, and, you know, in a selfless act, be able to give mm. to the other mm. is, you know, quite powerful and mm. only going to enrich mm. the marriage, mm. the relationship. So you mm. can, you're saying there that there's, there's a lot more implied than maybe people see on the surface with sex. Mm. So the, the it's not. Uh, so maybe we we're a bit shallow in our approach. We look at it more as the physical thing, but in in a marriage, in a healthy marriage, or as far as intimacy goes, it, it's actually saying a lot more. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's a real barometer. It's a real um, it's a way of being able to. I think if we if you have a healthy relationship where um, and a healthy you know, self-awareness within yourself, you start to, you can start to sort of go, I know I need this, we need this in our marriage, we mm. need this to keep connected, to keep um, keep our, our walk together as one. You mm -hmm. know, like I said, it's a very spiritual thing. So if we're, you know, become one in a marriage, you know, we need to physically become one. Yep, we yep. need to, you know, keep going in that direction because um, the more we, we don't proceed like that, we we start to look to other things. We're going mm. to look for other things to fill our needs, mm -hmm. to fill mm -hmm. those pains and hurts and, yep. you know, all the rejection that the, particularly, well, both, both sides have basically, both mm. male and female mm. will mm. suffer rejection mm. um, massively. And that, that's the thing too, is that relationships, marriages, um, it's so deeply personal and, you know, with, um, I know with couples I've talked about, talked with, um, and you know, from, they're not Christian, they're not, you know, they don't have any, all sorts of backgrounds. Mm, mm. And you know, and every male would say, it's not just the sex. Mm. It's not just the sex. It mm. is the intimacy that they mm. crave. Mm. And that place of being, you know, really loved, really nurtured mm. is really huge. Mm. Um, nurturing each other's, um, you know, just that love and affection towards mm. each other, which yeah. is so vital. Yeah. So, so you said that maybe there's a little bit of difference in mm. how male and female approach or understand mm. it. Like, what, what, what do you see in when you're counselling or what do you see as the different approach? Yeah. Um, the way, like the way women would uh, yeah. see sex, yeah. So for women, you know, obviously at the start, there's al always going to be that deep attraction, and there's a physical attraction towards mm. the other, the, the other sex, and the early parts of a relationship, whether it's a, you know, a partnership or a marriage, there's going to be a lot of physical mm. interaction, a lot of yep. sex going on. There's yep. a lot of that because it's hormonal and it's exciting, as um, as certainty, I would say, as certainty starts to really come into play with the relationship, it's a very big, important part of um, the way women um, function. They, they mm. need a lot of certainty in their life. Um, so they've got their partner, mm. they're, they're settled. Um, men still need the, the mm. well, 
we'll still have a lot more of a higher sexual desire mm, than mm, women mm. and um, unfortunately miss out in that way because women become settled mm. in the certainty into in the day to in the sorry the day to day mm. and the having the children you know you get tired you're yeah. physically tired you start to have like, kids clambering all over you um, the stresses of life mm. and that becomes all consuming yeah, yeah. so the thought of having intimacy with your husband is just like mm. the last thing on your that's mind that's where the uh, headache the headache <laughs> that's comes right into it. <laughs> yeah the headache so can i can i can i venture into the female world a bit i might Ooh. get in trouble when my wife watches this but <laughs> so when the when the hey honey I'm I, I you know I've got a headache I can't mm. or I'm tired I can't. Mm. So when we get to that, which kind of every relationship gets to, absolutely right. It's and the reason these things become you know a joke because they're kind of iconic of yes. you know of of reality I suppose. So what's really going on for a woman at that point? Because mm. I you know I, I'm sure in a in a decent marriage they want to have sex, not they mm. don't want to. Mm. You know, wh yeah. wh why do they get to that point of like they don't want to very often or they don't they have a headache all the time mm. or you know mm. is it just a sex drive thing mm. is it's, there more it's you know we um for women um physiologically we have our sexual arousal sexual desire in two parts of our body so obviously mm -hmm. sexual arousals in the genitals mm. sexual desires in the head mm. and so it becomes harder to become sexually aroused when you uh, move along in your relationship mm -hmm. because of the familiarity, because of, you know, the tiredness, fatigue, just, mm. it just doesn't happen as quickly and mm -hmm. as easily because the, the, the thought of it, doesn't. no, no, okay. not for women, not for women. Because there's, there's more going on. Exactly. There's more responsibilities. Yeah. You're not yeah. 19 anymore. Yeah. Kind of like discovering yourself a bit. Yeah. The, yes. So as responsibility increases, mm. maybe it decreases yeah. the arousal. Yeah. And that, that initial um, uh, formative part of the relationship that is that very exciting and it's that you you want to capture the man as well and so mm. you you know your arousals there to to really cement something yeah, and then that just sort of just fades away mm. and so I think that's the mistake too is that women start thinking well, I'm just not you know just not attracted, not feeling it, yeah. not not attracted. So where, when we start to recognise that we actually sexual desire is in our brain, mm, very good, and that we can actually go, okay, I can make a choice here. Okay, that's great. You know, I can choose to turn toward my mm. partner. I can mm. choose to, you know, I don't overly feel like it, but when I choose and when I move toward the person, I will. Um, you know, initiating it and, mm. it and it comes. The arousal follows. Arousal follows. Mm. You know, we actually have to make a choice first and mm. not just rely on it's, our arousal. You're making it sound so simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure yeah. women are throwing things at their <laughs> screens right well, now. Well, yeah, yeah. Because, bet, yeah. you know, this is not good ammunition for men. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, yeah, like, but, yeah. But, but, but I, and I'm, I'm joking about it, but so many things in life are like that. Mm. You know, like my wife's a psychologist, Zoe, you know her, and she often, you know, people often struggle with motivation. Yes. And it's something she, or, you know, to get a job or to, you know, mental health and whatever. Yes. And, 
But motivation is one of those things that doesn't happen until you start. Yes. Like you, you'll never be motivated. Yes. It's like the gym scenario. Yes. No one ever wakes up wanting to go to the gym really or exercise. Yes. Or, but once you start, you're like, oh, I feel good. Yeah. And then you finish and you got the endorphins. You're like, man, yeah. this is amazing. I'm going to get super fit. Yeah. I'm going to eat well tonight. And, yeah. Cause yeah. You, so that's kind of what you're saying. You can yeah. make a mental choice. Yeah. And then as you choose. Yes. And so for a woman then in, in that scenario, and obviously we're not, trying to generalize that everyone mm. is like exactly what we're saying, but generally this might be how it is. Mm. A woman in that scenario then um, is gonna have to think more through mentally yes. the big picture of the relationship yes. and sex and intimacy in the relationship yes. and focus less on, I feel aroused, exactly. I feel like I want to. Yeah, Okay. exactly, yeah. that's exactly right. And I think, um, you know, and men can be like that too, but really it is for, uh, you know, as a woman, knowing what it is like, that it is that you, you have to be intentional. You have mm. to live a life that you're prepared to constantly choose to turn toward, even when you don't yeah, feel, don't like, feel it. like it. Yeah, you know, that. I was with um, a girlfriend a few months ago. We we're out at a pub for lunch, and uh, she came up behind, she just laughed and laughed. There was a, a table of more mature women than me and her were probably in their 60s mm. and she just overheard one of them saying yeah sex is a bit like ironing <laughs> you don't look forward to it but it's great when you get it done so <laughs> and I just thought yeah well you know if it works for her then <laughs> but it is true like it's so a bit it's, more like it can become a bit of a chore it's just another thing yeah feed the family exactly. iron the clothes have sex with my husband yes yes yeah, yeah. that's really sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's good she does so that's great <laughs> but you so what know, about the woman who's sitting there going yeah but they'll, i don't want it to be like that yeah how do i get the yeah you know the excitement yeah i don't i don't want to i don't like pornography and i don't mm. want to like go and you know do something i'm not and, and mm. you know but you got those great women great wives great partners who are like i don't have the feelings i don't mm. have the natural arousal but i want to i want to i want our and it's not about her or him being better but it's about i want our relationship to be healthier yes so what do you say to that woman i think um understanding around sensuality mm -hmm. like knowing that um you can actually work on your sensuality yep. and your senses. And, um, you know, there's some, you know, I've probably read gallons of books, but yep. just understanding your body yep. and the way it works and yep. why yep. and your function and understanding that um, you actually can do something about it mm. and you can actually start to do your own exercises. You can start to discover what are the senses that makes you feel sensual? Mm. What makes you feel like a woman? What makes you feel like you, you could really be, go into that yeah. place? Yeah, yeah. And it's not always about what makes you feel sexual, but mm. what makes you feel like you're, um, you're, you've got all your senses, you're in touch mm. with mm. yourself. Yeah. And so when you become sensual, you will start to become, it's, it's such a mindful thing mm. of becoming aware of, what that means and then well if i become such sensual can i start to work towards becoming a sexual woman mm. and start to um, recognize my sexuality and embrace it more mm. than than shun it away as something like i just don't ever want to yeah, think yeah, about yeah, it yeah. you know who do you want to become do you want mm. this relationship to be really good you know 
a just this stale kind of relationship mm. and you know the partner starts to the eye starts to wander mm. and mm. you know other things start to come in place and mm. you know his the partner might choose to look at porn or you know pursue an um an extramarital affair affair mm. and all mm. those sorts of things which is really quite it's so tragic because um that's tragic but there's also all these other things that are going yeah, on yeah, and, yeah. and you know and it's not the lack of sex but it's the sense of rejection mm. that is really can dive deep in mm -hmm. in a lot of a lot of men and um you know and for women but it's just that sense well i need to that craving for um connection right. you know craving for intimacy yeah. you know and I'd, uh, there's a great book out called Not Just Friends by mm. um, Shirley Glass. She's passed away now and she, a Catholic woman who did her PhD on um, extramarital affairs oh, wow. <laughs> at a Catholic university, but a fascinating, a fascinating book and really um, she does a big deep dive in, in all that area and yeah. and just really it becomes around the need for um, intimacy and mm. that's what they're craving more mm. and more it, it's really like it's true when people say it's not really about the sex but that yeah. craving for intimacy I, I really like how you've been talking today about sex being a barometer though mm. because then it is a measure of something yes but then like you're saying there that it's not everything yes so like and i think maybe sometimes relationships make it too much about sex yes or, or as you've mentioned it's not enough about sex in the yeah. sense that it just becomes a chore it becomes a have to or it becomes a yeah something we did when we were young yes you know yeah so t tell me before we move on we've talked a bit about women well where do men stuff up in this area like where do men not help? Where do men, you know, misunderstand it? I'm a man, yes. And you know, I, I often I, I don't like falling into the um, caricature of a man being, mm. you know, stupid or whatever, because mm. men aren't like that. They're very intelligent, whatever. Mm. But you know, a problem that we do have to watch out as men, I have to watch out too, is not being stupid. Mm. Also, not just, mm. you know thinking through everything as a problem and a solution mm. and so I approach sex as yes. it's not ideal this is how I'm going to fix it <laughs> yes. and my wife's opinion I don't really understand it anyway this is how we're going to fix it do x like yes that's in that might be one example but where mm. do men miss it where do men misunderstand themselves mm. when it comes to this or maybe misunderstand their partner mm. um a lot I th I think a lot there's um a few things there's um what they believe about sex growing up and okay. this is for women as well of course um yeah. but what their opinion of sex is um have they watched a lot of pornography um <laughs> you know it's that's quite distorting very distorting um yeah. of what sex is when yeah. it's really so distorted there's just there's nothing the same well, and nowadays not to harp on about this mm. but but it's just a great point because mm. nowadays you've got your first watch of pornography i think average age is 10 or 11. yeah yeah and a kid could have watched five or six years seven yeah. years of solid porn yeah hardcore porn before they've even had a sexual encounter yeah but they haven't even had it they haven't even kissed anyone yeah and watched hardcore porn for six years mm. so like how can you come out of that mm. and see sex in any kind of healthy, accurate exactly, way? Exactly, exactly. Like you're already like yeah. so far behind the eight ball. 
and really um, there's a um, and there's been a lot of research in this but you know all that porn it, it's sexual abuse as well and mm. um, particularly men but girls more and more females watch porn as well and um, they really sexually abused completely distorted in the way yeah. they view sex. Well 90% of it from what I hear or statistically is abusive or violent yeah. pornography. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's abusive, strangling, whatever. It's like, it's just crazy. But anyway, back to our so, question. Yeah, so, so men, where do men stuff up? So I think... Enlighten um, me. <laughs> <laughs> help me, help um, me. <laughs> you know, men, um, it's all about understanding. Do some research yep, that's on good, good what, tip. what, uh, where's that movie? What, what makes women Oh, what do women want? What do women want? I mean, I've never actually watched that. It's <laughs> come to mind. Well, but actually work out um, and communication. Like, yeah. what do, what does your wife enjoy? Yeah. What what do they need? Mm. You know, what will make this, you know, great for both of, mm. you know, both mm. of you? And, um, you know, the, the, the thing for, it, it has to be a team, it has to be a great self-awareness for both in mm. choosing to mm. be willing mm. to go, no, we want this to be great. Yeah. We don't want this to be half-baked. You know, we're only five years in, we're only 10 years in yeah, marriage yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, what about 20, 30, 40 years of marriage? You know, yeah. do we want this to be something that is only going to grow and intensify? Yeah. Or are we just going to, you know, not understand what is going to be fully pleasurable and mm. enjoyable for our partner. Mm, mm. So I think there is a little bit of a lack of understanding because yeah. men just become aroused so quickly. Yeah, yeah. There's no understanding of a woman functions very, very differently. Mm, mm. And, um, you know, I think that if so they- So men just, have almost oversimplified it. Yeah. It's like I can I can do it anytime, exactly. anywhere kind of thing. <laughs> Doesn't like, yeah, it yeah. is weird. Cause like I say to my wife, like, Honestly, if I had the flu and was really sick, but you want to have sex, I'd probably be fine. <laughs> like, it's true. Like it's where, true. you know, yeah. it's just so different. So yeah. maybe men oversimplify it because of, I suppose, like anything in life, we project how we understand yes. or how we feel, how we process onto yes. someone else. Yes. And what you're saying is, well, women are so different. Yes. So ask them questions, learn. Learn. But then for the man and the woman, it's about understanding each other. And, yes. And approaching it as a team yes and looking at the relationship as or looking at sex and intimacy as an element of the relationship that can be worked on mm. i really like what you're saying there before when you're talking about women even like approaching sex as something you can work on you can improve you can understand yourself you can mm. as opposed to like I, th I think we've maybe misunderstood sex i mean this is just coming to mind as we're talking as something that should be mysterious unknown untalked about mm. you know mm. why why do we talk about other things Dal? Yeah. but sex is a bit taboo like what what is that i don't know why i was thinking about that this morning is why is it be left to be shamed upon or either really joked about you know mm. i'll go in the car occasionally and one of my, you know, my teenagers flicked onto one of those other channels on the on the radio, and it's always joked about sex and innuendo, and and try to really mm. make it fun and lighthearted, and mm. and um, movies and, just constantly yeah, don't want to yeah. don't want to talk about it because I think it's such a vulnerable place, and if it's not looking like we think it should, then you know something's wrong, mm. something's wrong with us, so we don't want to 
even talk about it. We so feel is embarrassed. It, is it the about vulnerability? It. You think? I think it's deeply vulnerable. Very yeah. vulnerable. It was very personal. Um, we want it to be something, but it's not quite like what we hoped it would be yep. like and yep. um, so it's very personal mm. and you know it just reminded me early like you said what what could men do or learn I think for women it's so important to know and um, you know this is really a part of my journey and you know this has been over years of of thinking about this topic because you know you'd be in a school parent kitchen you know and with a bunch of women and they'll joke about it and going oh they want is you know like <laughs> or they'll want their new couch so they'll you know they'll just give them some sex tonight so they get there you know like so it becomes this bargaining power yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like oh that just breaks my heart yeah. because that the way that they can almost use it as a tool to get something that they want almost mm. or um or and not recognize that uh men are not just they're not just all about sex. Mm, they mm. they do need intimacy, and mm. they feel rejection acutely. Yes. And um, and I think that that's a real shame. And you know, men feel that, mm. and I see that in relationships, and um, it can be very painful to mm. watch. And well, so why is that? From what you've seen, why is that for a man? Why is rejection particularly painful for men? I think they're. Um, they're not understood for who they are. And mm -hmm. if they've just been bundled as someone who all they want is sex and... and yeah, it's um, kind of gorilla that wants sex and then yeah. just goes off to work and comes back <laughs> and has sex and yeah, yeah, just kind of simplified. So they're not fully know. understood. They don't fully understand how to articulate it yep. properly. They haven't been shown. Our society has ripped off men big time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I felt that really strongly um, there's been this kind of push with, and, and it's a good one, you know, that the anti-porn and um, a lot of men watching it mm. and how it's really corrupted the guys and, and we need to stick up for the girls. And, mm. and I really like that, but I actually do grieve for the guys because yep. I think that they have been incredibly ripped off mm. in this society mm. and they don't know how to even approach it. Mm. You know, they've only shown one way, yep. you know, and they're, their dads are probably going, oh, you know, like encouraging yeah, it as well. Exactly. Well, well it's, it's, I think it's a challenge in our culture because one, we don't have, uh, in our Western culture, we don't have rites of passage. Yeah. So there's no clear way to know when you're a man or a woman really. Yeah. And so the default for men does generally become sex. Mm. So through the, the footy club or mm. through dad, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, having sex or conquering. Um, a woman in that sense, mm. being able to tell your mates about it, kind of becomes this difference between a boy and a man. Yes. And it's very hardwired. Yes. And I've spent all my life in soccer clubs and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Definitely. It's so evident, it's there yeah. all the time. It's very vulgar, it's full on. It's very, and when I was 15, 16, 17, you know, a nice mm. Christian kid who grew up in the church, mm. like it was, it was just very difficult. I had no idea how to how to how to process the language, the talk, the whatever. Mm. And it's not until you get older that you realise most of it was just talk. Yes. But when you're 17, you think, man, everyone must be having this amazing sex everywhere. And it's like <laughs> then you get older, you realise, you know, 95 percent of it was just lies. And, yeah. But it, but that's the thing because yeah. it's about showing your manhood. Yes. And that's done through you know the sexual thing. So so we kind of we we encourage men to be like this. Mm. But then, but then, in a in a long term relationship, that's like the opposite of what's mm. going to help. 
yeah. being the bravado man who's going to now conquer his wife who's had four children mm. and have sex with her mm. so you can go tell your mates like that's not going to fly in a marriage yeah you know but that's what kind of what's been produced and now that's not okay yes you know so it's like <laughs> yes. you know and i think the whole um economy of sex is interesting because it probably is similar to the point i'm making there so we don't want men to be these gorillas that are all about sex and want them to be nice dads and mm. husband or whatever but then the economics of sex is that when you're a young adult there is all these women out there offering cheap sex so to speak yeah. you go to a nightclub you pick up a girl mm. you have sex and mm. so that's kind of the economy so why should men be perform you know, when it comes to the side of being a gentleman or being mm. a great father or, you know, that's the economic bit because yeah. it's been cheap, it's been easy, it's been available, women have been there mm. and then all of a sudden it flips and now women don't want a man who's sleeping around, they want a man who's faithful, mm. you know, but men have only been taught that, you know, sex is easy to get mm. and if I don't get it at a nightclub picking someone up then I'll just watch porn and... yeah. You know, so like, it, it's difficult for men, I suppose, to have a pathway forward mm. when the culture and the economics of sex, cheap sex, available sex, yes, doesn't really pull the best out of them. Yeah. It doesn't cause them to rise. Yeah. It doesn't cause them to do better. It doesn't cause them... I mean, men don't really, from what I see, they'll really sweep women off their feet anymore in that sense. No. But you don't have to. No. You just go have sex, find a woman, play mm. video games, mm -hmm. do not much and some woman will tolerate you mm -hmm. like for a time yeah yeah i yeah. think yeah and then it and then you know it doesn't take too many years and um it all starts to go haywire in relationships yeah. because you know unfortunately men haven't um been taught how to be a man yeah. in society and yeah. how to really show up yeah and what that Sharks looks like yep. yeah and um you know i've worked with a few young men in their late mid to late 20s and um, just their low self-esteem mm. you know they hide away in their room and they're they're on the um, the gaming and and um, not not prepared to show up mm. in life mm. and what that looks like mm. and you know I, I show um, my clients a matrix of what self-esteem looks like mm. and you know when they what happens when you show up as opposed to when you hide away mm. and you know and you're in fear you're um, you're isolated you know you become depressed mm. you know um, and they all recognize it and it's the biggest slap in the face for them because yeah. um, and I say to them I feel I'm devastated I'm devastated you haven't been taught that you know this is what happens when you do show up mm. when you actually take on demanding Mm. things in life and yep. the challenges in life yeah and you know you're prepared to take on the challenge of of a marriage and you know and i've talked to a number of young ones who have just married and are absolutely freaking out <laughs> but it's funny because it, it's true like i mean there's, there's it's funny how life creates a natural pathway of, of growth opportunities yeah you know you, yes. you you become an adult at 18 and then you yeah. take on a a job and then yeah. you take on a partner and then you have kids and like it's this yes. it's this it's progressively increasing responsibility yes that requires you to grow up yes. mature develop your character and it's funny how life has that but when people miss these markers mm. or when they get to the new marker like i'm now married 
but I don't know how to do it. Mm. I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't mm. know what the purpose is. And mm -hmm. I kind of just did it because that's what you do. And, mm. and then they fail, say, at that marker. Yes. So then it's going to be very hard to move on to being a great dad, yes. to raising you know, a few kids that are really you know, well-balanced kids. And then when you get down to these details of sex and intimacy in the relationship 10 years down the track, it's mm. like, it's already a disaster and they don't have the tools or the skills to deal with it anyway you know yeah that's right because what happens is that exactly like you said they get the confront the things in life the challenges and and you know um there's that idea that if i don't know what to do it must mean i'm a failure yep. so i won't show up and um more and more the the um partner will kind of hide away divert to their comfort um mm. to their hideaway place and um you know the the female partner often then withholds love withholds yep. the sex too yep. which just perpetuates the whole situation mm, more mm. and more so is that a real thing like like again as a man i'm i'm going into the secret women's area but mm. like like you hear this this term you know women's are the, women are the gatekeeper of sex mm. like is that true like you're kind of saying that yeah, there like yeah. how does that work and I think is that a good thing a bad thing you know uh, or is uh, it just how it is <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately i think it it, it is how it is and mm. i think that it um that turn the gatekeeper withholding um if you know i'll feel like it if i get what i want mm. or if i you know if you've been nice to me or if mm. i've um been um you know kind or you know i mean that's all part of it you need that but it, it's a very true thing mm. uh, i think that you know we and i often talk to couples you know in a relationship you know you can be working on things but never withhold your love for toward mm. each other okay. because you know that becomes that danger battlefield and all yep. of a sudden you know even the bed becomes this you know mm. battleground mm. and this lines down the middle and mm. you know well i'm not giving you anything like it's it becomes this i'll give you if you do what i want and and then then they're playing it you know as a puppet well mm. or on tender hooks because yeah. well, if i say the right thing tonight i'll i might get something yeah, you know? yeah. so the this. minute that becomes sex becomes a bargaining chip mm. you're in trouble yeah it's never going to work well is it no mm. no no and yeah definitely seen that over I suppose it's just an easy, again, it's, we fall into this in marriage, don't we, over the journey, like it just becomes lazy. It's just yeah. an easy go-to bargaining chip. Yes. It's there. And I think that probably, yes. my understanding of men, that feeds into that rejection thing you were saying. Mm. You know, when a woman goes to that, or a man, it could happen both ways, but when they go to that lazy option of using sex, either to withhold it or even to use it as, a criticism or a, mm. something over the other person you never fulfill me or you're not good mm. enough or mm. the minute that happens um that bargaining chip is used it, it, it feeds into that i mean for a man that rejection thing. yeah it's like why would you use something you know you know is a big part of who i am as a man yes use that against me yes like it's very um seems vicious nasty yeah you know like it's just yeah. an easy way to hurt me mm. like you know mm. Mm. It's a real challenge. It is <laughs> massive challenge. So, what and, else you would know, you like to talk about um, about intimacy? I think, um, I, I guess, you know, with intimacy, um, um, we come in um, with great ideas and yep. you know, thinking it's all going to be great, 
and um, and sometimes we don't know what we don't know in mm. a relationship and um, we can be confronted with things that we're not aware of that's been there in our life mm. Mm. and I think um, recognizing that past relationships whether it's mm. um, sexual abuse that's happened yep. within your life um, uh, family um, of origin, whether, mm. you know, the the kind of talk around yep. sex, was there talk about sex, was it, um, or was it not talked about, yep. was it kind of shunned, you, we never speak about sex in, yep. in the family. Um, so all those sorts of things come into play when we, when we enter uh, a sexual relationship. Okay. So all of a sudden these views and opinions and beliefs start mm, to raise good. their head and so, so again it's not as simple as just some physical act exactly there's all these exactly. lifetime of ingredients uh, yeah and okay. so you can imagine two coming in multiplies it yeah yeah so you got one that perhaps has grown up with perhaps grown up with watching porn mm. all that another one is like well i've never you know but they might have you know say become christian and cleaned up their life in some form mm, mm. One life might have a lot of purity, some facing porn. It's, it, it becomes quite dangerous mm. in a relationship too because they don't understand each other, mm. don't know. The whole thinking around sex is, you know, quite distorted on both parts. Mm. And so something that they might do to you, you might perceive as, um, you know, dishonouring. Mm. They might just mm. think it's fine, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's often not something talked about. So therefore, like, it's difficult. You can't get on the same page with anything in a relationship without good communication. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Especially in this sexual area. Exactly. So, what what do you what what do you see as the effects of um, negative sexual experiences? So, if there's been child abuse, if there's mm. been maybe um, you know a lot of people fall into relationships when they're young that become a bit abusive, or sex yeah. is used weirdly, and, yes. and and sometimes it's just the product of being 19, 20 and mm. you get caught in some weird relationship with some weird guy or girl or something mm. or or maybe you just thought, like I was saying before, you just thought that being a man was to go out and sleep with heaps of women. So you've slept with a hundred women and then mm. you got a bit older and realised, well, I've just got flashes every day and I just feel really guilty and I did some really dumb stuff and so you've got all this promiscuity, yeah. you know, clouding your focus a little. You feel dirty maybe, yeah. I, I, I yeah. don't know. Um, sometimes things like abortion can, you know, there can be negative mental, emotional consequences down the track. You know, that's that, that there's a lot of evidence around that. And so, so, so how do you see that impacting on the sexual side of a relationship? Where do you see that kind of playing out? Yeah, well, um, all sorts of, um, uh, what do we call it? Um, I've got it written down here, actually. Um, when we have when there's been sexual abuse, um, that there's that, um, oh, sorry, I'm a bit lost. So when there's sexual abuse um, mm -hmm. and it gets, becomes into a relationship, um, there's all sorts of triggers that can happen, you okay. know, obviously, you know, different situations that you haven't thought about because you haven't been in that situation, mm. whether mm. it was in a dark room or there was a certain songs playing mm. or mm. there was you were forced to do a certain act towards mm. someone, a sexual act. And so you you may think you're healed in some form, but when you've been then placed into that situation, mm. 
all of a sudden the triggers start to come yep. and they can be like you can feel all sorts of feelings and emotions you can um, feel sick physically mm -hmm. and then you can start to think all yep. sorts of things think that you know I'm I'm a bad person I'm a yep. dirty person yep. you know I don't deserve this um, you know so all these st start to manifest in the, mm. the sexual relationship mm. and um, and that, that can be a problem if it's not um, talked about or opened up because, again, the partner can see that as rejection, yep. um, something's wrong with them. Yep. And um, so that communication, again, needs to be opened mm. up. It's so, um, I love one of the quotes, I think Wendy, Wendy Maltz is, um, uh, amazing she wrote a book on the sexual healing journey mm. and she talks about the way when sexual abuse has um, been made in the light and the communication mm. is opened up mm. because often sexual abuse is held in secrecy yep. in darkness yep. don't talk about it yep. um, don't communicate but once you start to communicate about it, you, you kind mm, of... It brings healing. It does. It brings yeah. a lot of healing to the place as well. And, and is that, would you say that's really the key step? Like I'm thinking if someone's watching this going, mm. oh, that's a bit like me, or I, mm. I feel a bit dirty, I've, I've done some silly things, or I've been abused yes. by a lady. How do you move from there to, you know, yeah. heal, healed? To being or to, healed, to, yeah. or at least on a process of that, mm. you know, what would be your to to be able to recognise it is fantastic. You know, yep. people start to awareness. see it. awareness yep. in their life is amazing. If they can feel comfortable to communicate it with mm -hmm. their partners, yep. incredible. I really believe being in a safe place where they can have some counsel yep. around it is so important um, for the two of them. And um, there's some amazing different um, healing exercises that they can go mm. toward in terms of being able to build trust with each other mm. and with themselves, you know, being able to find forgiveness for yep. themselves in what's yep. happened, that what happened to them doesn't define who they yes, are. Yes. And so when they That's can come point. to that place, and, and I think again, the key word is that willingness to, um, I think, uh, I'm, I want this relationship to be good. I want yeah. this, I want us to have all aspects. Mm. I want it to be a good sexual relationship. So if we have that willingness inside of us to be willing to go through some of the painful stuff yeah. of healing. It's very good. So that we can, you know, move forward and have a really great mm. sexual Again, it comes back to the bigger goal yeah. or purpose yeah. of the relationship. Yeah. And I think the thing I'm learning today is you know, the more we focus on sex or the act of sex, it, you know, the, probably the less gains we're going to get. But the more we focus on the whole relationship, the yeah. purpose of our relationship. So that's a great point there. If, if you focus on the abuse, it's going to be really painful. But if you mm. focus on well, who we are as a couple, where we mm. want to go, it's going to hopefully give mm. some motivation mm. to deal with things that are in the road, like yeah. abuse or what have you. And I think the, the people that I've worked with in this area I think the big challenge is, and you touched on it, the big challenge is, is just saying it happened and it was wrong. Yes. I was violated. Yes. And even I've worked with some people and they don't, they've and, it's, and as crazy as this may sound looking from the outside in, like they haven't even been able to go, it was wrong. Yeah. Was it wrong? Did, yeah. I, did I do something? Yeah. Did I? No, as a four-year-old, you didn't do anything. <laughs> like, like literally yeah. I've said that to people. It's like, 
Yeah. Because, and that's very how we, that's part of the human condition, isn't it? The problem we have as humans and our brokenness is even if we're abused as a child, we maybe somehow think we brought it on or we did something yes. wrong or we should have protected ourselves. Yes. Or, but actually there's so much power in going, one, this happened to me. And two, it was wrong. It yes. was unjust. I got hurt. It is not how my life should have been. Yes. Or even going, I did dumb stuff. I went out and got involved in relationships. I could have got out. I pushed sexual things at times thinking mm. I was, and I was wrong. That was mm. silly. And mm. so that just awareness, diagnosis, acceptance, acknowledgement of the injustice and the hurt, I, I think from my experience is a really critical, I, I can't really see how you can go far without that being you, the yeah. first step. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. And I, again, it's that we do lack a lot of understanding around our sexuality and how we, we function and what we you know and that people feel bad because actually i actually enjoyed it because they were aroused you yeah, know and that's yeah. what what happens with grooming they become aroused and actually enjoy that sensation mm. and so then they think well there must be something wrong with me because i enjoyed it and so mm, you know to point. understand actually well this is the way we function and and that is grooming and you were touched touch is so mm. intimate so powerful um to, and, and for them and arousal to, comes arousal comes no matter what whether yeah. it's wrong or right exactly yeah okay that's exactly. a great point exactly it, it the arousal because like for women we have a soul um organ that is so totally for arousal mm. and mm. pleasure mm. and so when that is stimulated then it's going mm. to be stimulated yeah. and likewise for the guy so mm. um unfortunately there's that um misunderstanding that that therefore meant I enjoy it sometimes somehow I was um, to blame yeah. and that's what you know perpetrators try to do yeah, so, yeah. well you enjoyed it didn't you you yeah, know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's horrible yeah, yeah so that understanding of how we function I think is so powerful mm. and and to go on to that um, Windy Maltz has some wonderful um, exercises in um, very intimate personal exercises of understanding your own sexuality mm. being able to build trust with each other mm -hmm. in a relationship that that within a um, um, an intimate relationship that um, they can trust their partner mm. um, and that they can be trusted so you know there's some um, great stuff out there mm. and but so vital for you know the health of a relationship mm. but those things are really spoken about mm. um, yeah. so, so what is what does a good relationship look like that like when you've seen mm. a couple and you've gone, well, that's, you know, obviously no couple's perfect and everyone's got it. But when you, well, what does that kind of look like? Maybe you mm. could play that out for us a bit of a scenario, like a healthy couple mm. that can talk about the sexual side mm. and, and, and do have wins in that area. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't see too many healthy ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's why uh, they see you. <laughs> no, that's good. Well, that's even good. as just a picture for yeah. us, you know, people yeah. watching, listening, like, what might that look like in a simple terms, a healthy relationship with a healthy sexual mm. side? I think going in, what, you know, again, what um, what you want the relationship to look like, um, how you feel about the other person, mm -hmm. what, what love means to you mm -hmm. with that other person. I think it's important that you can start to then um, together move, move together as a team mm -hmm. and um, discuss discuss how you feel and 
and have a, I think is you know down to deep core values of you know we yep. want a relationship that has good open communication, mm -hmm. um, that we want to when there's communication there's no shame. Yes. You know eradicate the shame that can start to cloud a relationship yep. big time. Yeah. Um, and I think feeling like when you uh, don't think all is well. Um, to go to a third person, hmm, never feel good. like you you can't not go to yep. someone. And um, you know, I've been seeing a couple who they just want to keep um, the cogs oiled, so to speak. Yep. They just yep. want to yep. keep going, keep um, keep it moving, keep um, picking up on things that they need to work on. Mm -hmm. um, and the big thing again is that each person in the relationship is willing. Yes, is really willing and. Um, John Gottman talks about speaking to each other with real fondness and admiration, mm -hmm. and um, and also that turning toward you know you're always falling forward yes. so to speak. So no matter what is going on, you will always choose to fall forward mm. in your relationship. So people so people get stuck when they turn away. Exactly. And turning away, what 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 does that look well, like? Well, you think about you know in a day each conversation might cause you to turn away. Yeah. Turn away, turn away. So what's going to happen by the end of the day? Mm. There's going to be no intimacy or yep. not even any thoughts of that yep. in that relationship. And so if, and this comes down to so much self-awareness, um, self, um, just an understanding of if I do this, if I turn away, is that going to help my relationship? Mm. Or if I you know, or is it going to you know push me away from it? Mm. If if I move toward a relationship, is that going to, um, yeah, w what's that going to do for me? Mm. You know, con constantly choosing. It's laying down our own pride, mm. our pride for being right, our right pride of being frustrated at sometimes. <laughs> you know, to lay it down and like my goodness, you know, that takes a lifetime. It does. You know, but if you're in it together, yep. you know, and and I love that. Um, I mentioned John Gottman earlier. He's mm. an amazing, amazing um, marriage psychologist, relationship psychologist in mm. America. He's done, you know, decades and decades of study in the whole area, and um, he really talks about that. You know, that constantly, if we move toward each other, mm. um, then with fondness and admiration, mm. and with giving things a priority in life, that sex is a priority in yep, our relationship. Yep, yep. And so you can really adjust to that. It's very good. And he talks about being able to recognise when your relationship isn't going well, to mm. be able to just go, I said that wrong, you know, yep, let's yep. start again, yep, yep. you know, and that's a really um, self-aware couple. Yep. <laughs> I think to, to be able to that. do those kind of things is critical. And then as the partner, to be able to not hold that over them. Yeah. Not bring that up later. Yes. Not say, hey, oh, you last week you admitted that you didn't do it right. Yes. So again, it comes back to trust mm. and being able to be vulnerable, confess mistakes, apologise, not have it held against you. Mm. And, and mm. I think the challenge I see, because especially me, my friends, my age group, young kids, babies, primary school, it's just so busy, it's so yeah. full on. There's not a lot of space. Yeah. And often what has been a you know beautiful relationship and romantic or whatever is just overrun with children and school mm. and sports, you know, running kids around to gymnastics or whatever. Yeah. It's like there's not a lot of space, yeah. literally. And it's not, it's not just a complaint. There's literally, yeah. it, you know, plus you still got to work and you still got a mortgage and whatever. 
And I think that's where at those times you need to be extra, try extra hard. Mm. Let things go. Yes. Don't hold things against each other. Cut each other some slack. But then on the flip side of that, make sure you do have times, even if you've got to put it in your diary, where you mm. sit down, talk mm. about your relationship, talk about the sexual side. It's mm. not that there's not enough time to have those conversations, mm. but when you're really busy with a young family, maybe you've got to like schedule it with your wife next week. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like, we're just gonna organically have cups of tea and just sit out in the back porch for mm. three hours and talk about stuff. It's probably mm. not gonna happen. Mm. Um, so I think those things are really critical. Maybe as we finish off, something that I know um, was a great point you, you shared with me before we met today around relationships where they get to that point of familiarity mm. and then that starts to breed content. content. Mm. And you get into that. And I think a lot of relationships, and the reason I want to make sure we touch on it quickly is because I think a lot of relationships get stuck there. Yes. So maybe, how does that happen, first of all? How do you mm. go from romance, love, all this awesome stuff, and then it ends up being, mm. I don't even like you, and you're a pain, and you're <laughs> disgusting, and how, yeah. how do we get there? Yeah, so the whole, um, you know, the, um, the familiarity in a relationship when, you know, those those first couple of years of you know high hormones and sex is comes easy and mm. everything and you know the rubber hits the road you know those things start to get a bit annoying um, we start to retreat we start mm. to just you know we have a tired day and we're not geared up for the romantic date we yep. just want to watch the footy and yep. so lots of familiarity starts to come in you know, the person hasn't cleaned up like they said they would, and so they, they criticise them, you know, well, then there's, you've done this, you know, yep. and so there's this defensiveness that comes mm. along. And um, I've, I love John Gottman, he's famously discovered the, the four horsemen, he calls it, mm. um, the, that, um, so they're the four areas that are big predictors in, in when a relationship is not looking well okay. and not looking healthy. Yep. And he would say a predictor of divorce even. Yeah, wow. So, you know, and it's it's tough to to look at because you start to go, whoa, well, I can see a bit of that yeah. in my relationship, yeah. you know. Can you tell us the four things? Yeah, so he talks about criticism, verbally yep. attacking um, personal personality or the character, mm. you know, criticising who the person is. Yep. Um, you know, they didn't do a good job and, or, you yep. know, that that's pretty painful. You never do a good job. Ex exactly. You're always like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very generalised. Very absolute language. Yes, yes. You are this. Yes, yeah, it's very, very much. So you never talk to anyone else like that. Exactly. The person you want to have sex with, <laughs> the person you want to live your life yeah, with, you, yeah. you start talking in like, you are always like this and you yes. never, it's like, it's just crazy. Yes. It? And so the, the, there's no, obviously the communication is broken down yep. because there's no assertive communication. There's no, oh, you're looking a bit down today. What's going on? You yep. know, we're yep. not, yep. we're not in that space at all. It's all criticism. Um, the defensiveness in our, um, the next horseman is a defensiveness that yep. comes along we want to defend our place mm -hmm. you know who we are we victimize ourselves um, we're self-protecting mm. um, you know someone our partner might come to us about something we've done but we'll deflect you know mm. all those things to try and um, you know and so there, again it's a lack of communication yep. and we're 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 at war and at yeah. odds with each other. And that so. probably, for me, when I deal with couples, it's probably the number one thing. Yeah. It's always there once they get to like, hey, Pastor Kay, can you help us? Yeah. It's like they've just become two teams. They're yeah. meant to be one team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, maybe they are one team yeah. still. They're on the same field, you know, wearing the same uniforms. Yeah. But they're just arguing as if yeah. they're enemies. Yes. And it's like this is the total opposite of what you want. And this is the total opposite of how a team works. Exactly. You know, it's, like, it's a civil war. Yeah. You, know, you should be fighting for each other and watching each other's back, but you've, you're fighting against mm. each other. It's like never going to work. Mm. Like, and would you really want your partner to like lay down arms and surrender and you become the tyrant? Yeah. Like yeah. you don't want that anyway, do you? So, mm. but that's kind of what you're asking for. Exactly. Like let's fight until you like put up the white flag and I'll become the tyrant of the household and you be my slave. Like, and then we get cranky because like, oh, they're so weak, you know, yeah. and they're emasculated. Yeah, you, you know. get the passiveness and that. Exactly. And that doesn't work either. Yeah. And which comes to the next one, which is actually stonewalling. It's okay. one of the next four horsemen he talks mm. about, you know, with, with withdrawing, um, avoiding conflict and going quiet. And this, mm. um, John talks about this as being what predominantly it happens in men yes. more than women. I was um, going to say, I've seen that a lot. <laughs> well, they just disappear. Yeah. I, I often use the word passive. Yeah. Just go passive, disappear. Yep. As if they're being helpful. I think they yes. tell themselves the story that yep. I'm being humble, I'm being gracious, I'm being patient, but it's like, no, you've just disappeared. Yeah. Like you're passive. You're not yeah. there. Yeah. You're not assertive. You're not talking up. Yeah. It's not okay. It's quite powerful when you can actually... Uh, identify it with them, with mm. the couple, um, what's going on. Because quite often the woman, the, the female, because this is, I'm, I don't want to just pick sides here, but yeah. it, often this is what happens. It's the female going, well, they just stonewall and they just walk away and then they stop talking to me and he won't talk for a day or so. And, and they get all really <laughs> angry with each other and everything. And they're just shut down. I've got some advice for you, just nag more. <laughs> <laughs> That will help. Many a man has come back to love and romance through a nagging wife. But I know for women, like, it's funny because maybe, maybe this is generalisation, but maybe they fall into the nagging thing a bit easier. Mm. Maybe men fall into the disappear passive a bit easier. Mm. But it's just so counterintuitive to think that by nagging them, they're going to come running mm. back. Isn't it funny, though, that there's actually a scripture in the Bible about women stop nagging because <laughs> yeah. it's like a dripping tap? <laughs> Even God had to comment on that one. Had it's to so kind obvious. of intervene and go right, you know, just saying. The problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know that is a big one, and he even goes further to talk about what happens there is that it's psychological flooding that goes on, mm. and for men there's so much emotion, and they don't That's know how to respond that they just get flooded. That's why they withdraw. Withdraw. Okay. Yeah. So they're just like hit with. I don't know how to even cope here. Yep. And so it just, it's a psychological, it's flooding and um, it's actually um, physiological. Yes. And so I think when actually guys actually work, are told that, they're kind of a little bit relieved because yep. it's at, like, it well, makes it's sense. kind of yep. making sense here. Yep. And so for them, it's really about coming back or taking some space, come back, let's have a conversation right. now. Being aware. Mm. Again, it's lack of awareness in yeah. relationships. They're every, all these relationships are reactive mm. all the mm. time. Very good. Just reacting in what they're doing and saying. So the yep. defensive stonewalling all yep. comes in. And because of that, the contempt starts mm. to come in. Mm. And um, that he, he talks about that when contempt is in a relationship, mm. it's really... He can even predict how long the marriage is going to yep. last. Yeah, it's you know it makes sense. It's going to last six months, really. There's yeah, contempt. Yeah, yeah. There's disgust. They don't. What's well, already in the um, 
the death phase, mm. the death rattle, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, it's very hard to come back from that. Mm. You know, it would take a lot of self-awareness, a lot of humility, a lot of repentance and forgiveness. Yeah. A lot of people just don't have the capacity for that no. and don't really want to at the end of the no. day. And I think it feeds into that ridiculous story we tell ourselves as humans that it'll be better on the other side or grass is greener, like it'll be better yeah. not being married. And, and I yeah. just don't think it is, really. No. It's not, I mean, of, of course, if it's abusive relationship or there's, you know, blatant cheating or whatever, I think, you know, there's a lot of cause, grounds there for separation. Mm. But if it's just you kind of both got stuck and then you both just fell into stonewalling, retreating, mm. nagging and whatever, and it's like, mm. well, you can get out of that. Mm. You know, but do you want to? Exactly. And do you want to, you know, swallow a bit mm. of a, eat some humble pie? Mm. You know, it's better doing that. And you must go blue in the face with couples. It, this is a better path. It may seem difficult, but it's a better path. Yeah. You know, just the idea like of divorcing and remarrying and it's like, it's a lot of work. Mm. This would be easier, mm. you know, going this path. But it's incredible that when they're in that place of contempt and they and you see it in the body language and the legs yep. are crossed and they're, you know, they've yep. got their yep. backs to each other and um, that, yeah, you think, oh, you know, you've come a bit late guys, you yeah, know, yeah. it is the end. And it's so sad because you know that all this stuff, the carrying with them, is just going to go into the next relationship. Exactly right. And often it's second for the other person. You can imagine all that coming into a well, next Well, statistically, one. you mm. know, second marriages fail more than first marriages mm. and third marriages fail more than second marriages. So even in that sense, yeah. it's not obvious that people carry it in. Yeah. But again, if, if they're the problem in the relationship, then it's easy to tell yourself the story that the next person off home won't be the problem. Yeah, Because again, you know. Look, it's been really good, Dal. I think um, we're going to have to do this again. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's just so much. There is so much. But I really appreciate your vulnerability. It's not the easiest topic. Um, And just talking about it, I just think that people are going to love this podcast. (laughs) And it's going to be like, please, let's have more, let's have more. I think think we should keep talking about it and uh, really appreciate your time. Well, thank you for asking me. It's something that um, I do see as really vital. And it's vital for relationships. It does grieve me, the distortion around Mm. sex um, in society. And, um, you know, and I think that, you know, if more good, healthy communication could get out there mm. and awareness and, and you know, that my hope is that people would start to seek it after themselves yeah, and, right. and would start to recognise, you know, I can have a better relationship here and, and I want to and I have a right to. Mm. And um, I think that's something that's really important to know, even for people who are abused, that you have a right to a good, healthy sexual relationship you have a right for that and to fight for it and i think every relationship if you can fight for that i want this yeah that's a great thing to finish on thank you i trust you were impacted by that leadership lessons podcast i would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast please comment down below and please review the podcast and share it with a friend doing this inspires us and helps others to find the podcast see you next time